Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse with the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up. And you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email containing both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson. Today we're continuing our reading of Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, with Section 6, Healing and the Changelessness of Mind. And we're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 80. Let me recognize all of my problems have been solved. Mm. And by way of opening this morning, I was really happy to have been led to this place. You'll recognize it, I'm sure, from Lesson 195. Love is the way I walk in gratitude, where we're given this beautiful paragraph. We thank our Father for one thing alone, that we are separate from no living thing, and therefore one with Him. And we rejoice that no exceptions ever can be made which would reduce our wholeness nor impair or change our function to complete the one who is himself completion. We give thanks for every living thing for otherwise we offer thanks for nothing and we fail to recognize the gifts of God to us. We thank our Father for one thing alone that we are separate from no living thing and therefore one with him. Amen. Amen. Oh, thanks Thank for that. You. Love it. Beautiful. Yeah, it sent me right this morning. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list. We have Fran, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Sandra. We're joined in listening this morning by Kristen. Oopsie. Almost dropped my mouse. And Harrison. Uh, has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning, it's Karen. Um, I'm just going to listen for this moment in case I get called away. Okay. Good morning, Karen. All righty then. So we take it up again, Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom with Section 6, Healing and the changelessness of mind. Beginning with paragraph 39. The body is nothing more than a framework for developing abilities. It is therefore a means for developing potentials, which is quite apart from what the potential is used for. That is a decision. The effects of the ego's decision in this matter are so apparent that they need no elaboration here. But the Holy Spirit's decision to use the body only for communication, <laughs> make your pardon for the noise, the Holy Spirit's decision to use the body only for communication has such a direct connection with healing that it does need clarification. The unhealed healer obviously does not understand his own vocation. Uh, Fran, 
Four, healing and the changelessness of mind. The body is nothing more than a framework for developing abilities. It is therefore a means for developing potentials, which is quite apart from what the potential is used for. That is a decision. The effects of the ego's decision in this matter are so apparent that they need no elaboration here. But the Holy Spirit's decision to use the body only for communication has such a direct connection with healing that it does need clarification. The unhealed healer obviously does not understand his own vocation. 40. Only minds communicate. Since the ego cannot obliterate the impulse to communicate because it is also the impulse to create, the ego can only teach you that the body can both communicate and create and therefore does not need the mind. The ego thus tries to teach you that the body can act like the mind and is therefore self-sufficient. Yet we have learned that behavior is not the level for either teaching or learning. This must be so, since you can act in accordance with what you do not believe. To do this, however, will weaken you as teachers and learners because, as, ha, as has been repeatedly emphasized, you teach what you do believe. An inconsistent lesson will be poorly taught and poorly learned. If you teach both sickness and healing, you are both a poor teacher and a poor learner. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Forty. Only minds communicate. Since the ego cannot obliterate the impulse to communicate, communicate because it is also the impulse to create the ego can only teach you that the body can both communicate and create and therefore does not need the mind the ego thus tries to teach you that the body can act like the mind and is therefore self-sufficient yet we have learned that behavior is not the level for either teachers teaching or learning. This must be so, since you can act in accordance with what you do not believe. To do this, however, will weaken you as teachers and learners because, as has been repeatedly emphasized, you teach what you do believe. An inconsistent lesson will be poorly taught and poorly learned. If you teach both sickness and healing, you are both a poor teacher and a poor learner. 41. Healing is the one ability which everyone can develop and must develop if he is to be healed. Healing is, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> healing is the Holy Spirit's form of communication and the only one he knows recognizes no other because he does not accept the ego's confusion of mind and body. Minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. The body in the service of the ego can hurt other bodies, but this cannot occur 
unless the body has already been confused with the mind. This fact, too, can be used either for healing or for magic. But you must remember that magic is always the belief that healing is harmful. This is its totally insane premise. And so, it proceeds accordingly. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. Thanks, Lori. Healing is the one ability which everyone can develop and must develop if he is to be healed. Healing is the Holy Spirit's form of communication and the only one he knows. He recognizes no other because he does not accept the ego's confusion of mind and body. Minds can communicate, but they cannot hurt. The body, in the service of the ego, can hurt other bodies, but this cannot occur unless the body has already been confused with the mind. This fact, too, can be used either for healing or for magic. But you must remember that magic is always the belief that healing is harmful. This is its totally insane premise, and so it proceeds accordingly. 42. Healing only strengthens. Magic always tries to weaken. Healing perceives nothing in the healer that everyone else does not share with him. Magic always sees something, quote, special in the healer, which he believes he can offer as a gift to someone who does not have it. He may believe that the gift comes from God to him, but it is quite evident that he does not understand God if he thinks he has something that others lack. You might well ask, then, why some healing can result from this kind of thinking, and there is a reason for this. Thank you, Jessica. And Sandra. 42. Healing only strengthens. Magic always tries to weaken. Healing perceives nothing in the healer that everyone else does not share with him. Magic always sees something, quote, special in the healer, which he believes he can offer as a gift to someone who does not have it. He may believe that the gift comes from God to him, but it is quite evident that he does not understand God if he thinks he has something that others lack. You might well ask then why some healing can result from this kind of thinking, and there is a reason for this. 43. However, misguided, the magical healer may be He is also trying to help. He is conflicted and unstable, but at times he is offering something to the sonship, and the only thing the sonship can accept is healing. When the so-called 
quote, healing works, then the impulse to help and to be helped have coincided. This is coincidental because the healer may not be experiencing himself as truly helpful at the time, but the belief that he is in the mind of another helps him. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader then for 43 and 44? I can read oh. now. Oh, thank you, Karen. 43. However misguided the quote-unquote magical healer may be, he's also trying to help. He's conflicted and unstable, but at times... He's offering something to the sonship, and the only thing the sonship can accept is healing. When the so-called healing works, then the impulse to help and to be helped have coincided. This is coincidental because the healer may not be experiencing himself as truly helpful at the time. But the belief that he is in the mind of another, helps him, helps him. 44, the Holy Spirit does not work by chance, and healing that is of him always works. Unless the healer always heals by him, the result will vary. Yet healing itself is consistence, since only consistence is conflict-free. And only the conflict-free are whole. By accepting exceptions and acknowledging that he, he can sometimes heal and sometimes not, the healer is obviously accepting inconsistency. He is therefore in conflict and teaching conflict. Can anything of God not be for all and for always? Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader then for the next two paragraphs? 43 and 44? Thanks, Lemoyne. This is Lemoyne? Yeah, okay. 44 and 5? Yes, I was... Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, The Holy Spirit does not work by chance, and healing that is of him always works. Unless the healer always heals by him, the results will vary. Yet healing itself is consistent, since only consistence is conflict-free, and only the conflict-free are whole. By accepting exceptions and acknowledging that he can sometimes heal and sometimes not, the healer is obviously accepting inconsistency. He is therefore in conflict and teaching conflict. Can anything of God not be for all and for all ways? Love is incapable of any exceptions. Only if there is fear does the idea of exceptions 
seem to be meaningful. Exceptions are fearful because they are made by fear. The fearful healer is a contradiction in terms and is therefore a concept which only a conflicted mind could possibly perceive as meaningful. Fear does not gladden. Healing does. Fear always makes exceptions. Healing never does. Fear produces dissociation because it induces separation. Healing always produces harmony because it proceeds from integration. Thank you, Lemoyne. And is there a new reader for 45 and 46? Forty-five and forty-six. Thanks, Jude. Thank you, Lori. Forty-five. Love is incapable of any exceptions. Only if there is fear does the idea of exceptions seem to be meaningful. Exceptions are fearful because they are made by fear. The fearful healer healer is a contradiction in terms and is therefore a concept which only a conflicted mind could possibly perceive as meaningful. Fear does not gladden. Healing does. Fear always makes exceptions. Healing never makes exceptions. Fear produces disassociation because it induces separation. Healing always produces harmony because it proceeds from integration. Healing is predictable because it can be counted on. Everything that is of God can be counted on because everything of God is wholly real. Healing can be counted on because because it is inspired by his voice and is in accord with his laws. Yet, if healing is consistent, it cannot be inconsistently understood. Understanding means consistence because God means consistence. Since that is his meaning, it is also yours. Your meaning cannot be out of accord with his because your whole meaning and your only meaning comes from his and is like his. God cannot be out of accord with himself, and you cannot be out of accord with him. You cannot separate yourself 
from your Creator who created you by sharing His being with you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 46 and 47? I can read uh, Laurie, Glenna. Oh, thanks, Glenna. Thank you. Um, 46. Healing is predictable because it can be counted on. Everything that is of God can be counted on because everything of God is wholly real. Healing can be counted on because it is inspired by his voice and is in accord with his laws. Yet, if healing is consistent, it cannot be inconsistently understood. Understanding means consistence because God means consistence. Since that is his meaning, it is also yours. Your meaning cannot be out of accord with his because your whole meaning and your only meaning comes from his and is like his. God cannot be out of accord with himself and you cannot be out of accord with him. You cannot separate yourself from your creator who created you by sharing his being with you. 47. The unhealed healer wants gratitude from his brothers, but he is not grateful to them. This is because he thinks he is giving something to them and is not receiving something equally desirable in return. His teaching is limited because he is learning so little. His healing lesson is limited by his own ingratitude, which is a lesson in sickness. Learning is constant and so vital in its power for change that a son of God can recognize his power in one instant and change the world in the next. That is because by changing his mind, he has changed the most powerful device that was ever created for change. Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader for 47 and 48? Okay, back to, back to you, Fran. 47. The unhealed healer wants gratitude from his brothers, but he is not grateful to them. This is because he thinks he is giving something to them and is not receiving something equally desirable in return. His teaching is limited because he is learning so little. His healing lesson is limited by his own ingratitude, which is a lesson in sickness. Learning is constant and so vital in its power for change that a son of God can recognize his power in one instant and change the world in the next. That is because by changing his 
mind, he has changed the most powerful device that was ever created for change. 48. This in no way contradicts the changelessness of mind as God created it, but you think you have changed it as long as you learn through the ego. This does not place you in a position of needing to learn a lesson, which seems contradictory. You must learn to change your mind about your mind. Only by this can you learn that it is changeless. When you heal, that is exactly what you are learning. You are recognizing the changeless mind in your brother by realizing that he could not have changed his mind. That is how you perceive the Holy Spirit in him. It is only the Holy Spirit in him that never changes his mind. He himself must think he can, or he would not perceive himself as sick. He therefore does not know what his self is. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. This in no way contradicts the changelessness of mind as God created it, but you think that you have changed it as long as you learn through the ego. This does place you in a position of needing to learn a lesson, which seems contradictory. You must learn to change your mind about your mind. Only by this can you learn that it is changeless. When you heal, that is exactly what you are learning. You are recognizing the changeless mind in your brother by realizing that he could not have changed his mind. That is how you perceive the Holy Spirit in him. It is only the Holy Spirit in him that never changes his mind. He himself must think he can or he would not perceive himself as sick. He therefore does not know what his self is. 49. If you see only the changeless in him, you have not really changed him at all. By changing your mind about his for him, you help him undo the change his ego thinks it has made in him. As you can hear two voices, so you can see in two ways. One way shows you an image, or better, an idol, which you may worship out of fear, but which you will never love. The other shows you only truth, which you will love, because you will understand it. Understanding is appreciation, because what you understand, you can identify with. And by making it part of you, you have accepted it with love. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jessica. Thanks, Laurie. 49. Sorry, somebody came in the room just when it was my turn. If you be only the changeless in him, you have not really changed him at all. By changing your mind about his for him, you help him undo the change 
his ego thinks it has made in him. As you can hear two voices, so you can see in two ways. One way shows you an image, or better, an idol which you may worship out of fear, but which you will never love. The other shows you only truth, which you will love because you will understand it. Understanding is appreciation, because what you understand, you can identify with. And by making it part of you, you have accepted it with love. 50. That is how God himself created you in understanding, in appreciation, and in love. The ego is totally unable to understand this because it does not understand what it makes. It does not appreciate it, and it does not love it. It incorporates the take away. It literally believes that every time it deprives someone of something, it has increased. We have spoken often of the increase of the kingdom by your creation, which can only be created as you were. The whole glory and perfect joy that is the kingdom lies in you to give. Do you not want to give it? Thank you, Jessica. And Sandra. 50. That is how God himself created you in understanding, in appreciation, and in love. The ego is totally unable to understand this because it does not understand what it makes. It does not appreciate it, and it does not love it. It incorporates to take away. It literally believes that every time it deprives someone of something, it has increased. We have spoken often of the increase of the kingdom by your creations, which can only be created as you were. The whole glory and perfect joy that is the kingdom lies in you to give. Do you not want to give it? 51. You cannot forget the Father because I am with you and I cannot forget him. To forget me is to forget yourself and him who created you. Our brothers are forgetful. That is why they need your remembrance of me and him who created me. Through this remembrance, you can change their minds about themselves as I can change yours. Your minds are so powerful a light that you can look into theirs and enlighten them as I can enlighten yours. I do not want to share my body in communion because that is sharing nothing. That is to share nothing. Would I try to share an illusion with the most holy children of the most holy Father? Yet I do want to share my mind with you because we are of one mind and that mind is ours. Thank you, Sandra. 
And uh, Karen, are you able to read again? Okay, Lemoyne. Okay. You cannot forget the Father because I am with you and I cannot forget him. To forget me is to forget yourself and him who created you. Our brothers are forgetful. That is why they need your remembrance of me and him who created me. Through this remembrance, you can change their minds about themselves as I can change yours. Your minds are so powerful a light that you can look into theirs and enlighten them as I can enlighten yours. I do not want to share my body in communion because that is to share nothing. Would I try to share an illusion with the most holy children of a most holy father? Yet I do want to share my mind with you because we are of one mind and that mind is ours. See, only this mind everywhere, because only this is everywhere and in everything. It is everything because it encompasses all things within itself. Blessed are you who perceive only this, because you perceive only what is true. Come therefore unto me and learn of the truth in you. The mind we share is shared by all our brothers, and as we see them truly, they will be healed. Let your mind shine with mine upon their minds, and by our gratitude to them, make them aware of the light in them. Thank you, Lemoyne. And let's see, that would be Lana. If you're able to read again. I'll try. I have a very upset that doggy in the other room. So okay. <laughs> but I will try howling. Okay. Uh, fifty two. See only this mind everywhere, because only this is everywhere. And in everything. It is it is everything because it encompasses all things within itself. Blessed are you who perceive only this because you perceive only what is true. Come therefore unto me and learn of the truth in you. The mind we share is shared by all our brothers and as we see them truly, they will be healed. Let your mind shine with mine upon their minds and by our gratitude to them, make them aware of the light in them. 53. Is this too bad or would someone else like to read with the dog? It's, it's not an interference at all, my dear. 
Okay. This light will shine back, back upon you and on the whole sonship because this is your proper gift to God. He will accept it and give it to the sonship because it is acceptable to him and therefore to his sons. This is the true communion of the Spirit, who sees the altar of God in everyone, and by bringing it to your appreciation, calls upon you, calls upon you to love God and his creations. You can appreciate the sonship only as one. This is part of the law of creation and therefore governs all thought. Amen. Thank you, Anna. And let's see, um, Judy, I didn't call upon you again if you're, you're there for 53. This light will shine back on upon you and on the whole sunshine because this is your proper gift to God. He will accept it and give it to the sonship, because it is acceptable to him and therefore to his sons. This is the true communion of the Spirit, who sees the altar of God in everyone, and by bringing it to your appreciation, calls upon you to love God and his creations. You can appreciate the sonship only as one. This is part of the law of creation and therefore governs all thought. Amen. Indeed, amen. And um, I think, to put a punctuation mark on this beautiful reading, it would be right now a really excellent time to stop and reflect on our lesson today. Let me recognize all of my problems have been solved, and we're so grateful that Fran is back with us today and can lead our reflection. So, turn it over to you, Fran. Thanks. Well, thank you, Lori. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on lesson 80. Let me recognize my problems have been solved. So, I shall read some from the lesson. If you are willing to recognize your problems, you will recognize that you have no problem. Your one central problem has been answered and you have no other. Therefore, you must be at peace. Salvation does depend on recognizing this one problem and understanding that it has been solved. One problem, one solution. Your only problem has been solved. Repeat this over and over to yourself today with gratitude and conviction. You are entitled to peace today. A problem that has been resolved cannot trouble you. Only be certain you do not forget that all problems are the same. Accept the peace this simple statement brings. In our longer practice periods today, we will claim the peace that must be ours when the problem and the answer have been brought together. 
The problem must be gone because God's answer cannot fail. You are answered and have accepted the answer. You are saved. Now let the peace that your acceptance brings be given you. Close your eyes and receive your reward. Assure yourselves often today that your problems have been solved. Repeat the idea with deep conviction as frequently as possible and be particularly sure to remember to apply the idea for today to any specific problem that may arise. Say quickly, let me recognize this problem has been solved. Let us be determined not to collect grievances today. Let us be determined to be free of problems that do not exist. The means is simple honesty. Do not deceive yourself about what the problem is, and you must recognize it has been solved. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 80. Let me recognize my problems have been solved. If you are willing to recognize your problems, you will recognize that you have no problems. Your one central problem has been answered and you have no other. One problem, one solution. Lesson 80. Let me recognize my problems have been solved. Amen. Amen. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you, friend. Yes, thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Good morning, it's Lana. Whoops, go ahead. No, you can go ahead, Lana. I'll go after you. Okay. Just a short one. Um, this lesson and yesterday's lesson... <laughs> Uh, they always remind me, and I encapsulate them both with the only problem I have ever is thinking I have a problem. Um, it's my thinking mind, the ego thought system that makes up these stories. And if I get sucked into them, I notice I have, I have it looks like I have a problem. And then the more I join with that idea, the more the problem seems real. And what the truth is, 
when I'm aligned with truth, there's only peace. So conflict alerts me to recognize that I have made up a problem. And even though it seems like a real thing, if I trust that truth is true, um, I can just... I can just dismiss that. I can forgive the, the idea that I have a problem. And then it's solved. And the way it's solved is I'll usually see that the idea that the problem presented is meaningless or some some solution shows up in, a ma- in an unimagined way because it, that solution is unimagined because it, it didn't come from my past thinking. It didn't come from the ego thought system. It's usually fresh and new, and the experience is like, where did that come from? The other night, I was very worried. I hadn't heard from my daughter in like four days, and that's very unusual for her because she never goes a day without checking in with me to see if I'm okay or if I need anything. So after she hadn't responded for you know, four or five days, you know, I was out, I was in the kitchen um, making a sandwich and I just sat still for a minute and what Holy Spirit guided me to say was thank you, just expressing the gratitude, you know, like the reading today. The way do I acknowledge, one powerful way I can acknowledge that there's no problem is to thank Holy Spirit in advance for the solution. So I finished my sandwich (laughs) and came back to my room, and sure enough, there was a message from Maggie apologizing that her smartphone (laughs) had been out of work, you know, for a few days, and she was doing a double shift of work, and she couldn't stop over. She couldn't call me. So, um, you know, it was like... uh, Thank you, God. Thank you. Gratitude is so powerful because it's an acknowledgement that the truth is true. And it also validates, you know, that I, the only problem I ever have is thinking I have a problem. (laughs) So anyway, I wanted to share that. And poor Sherlock, his father had to take Ginger, our other dog, to the vet. So Sherlock is unconsolable. I've sat out there with her, uh, with him, and he just won't be happy until his daddy comes home. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I just wanted to give some explanation to the moaning, groaning, growling dog in the other room. I'm complete. Thank you. That was so beautiful, Lana, and so simple. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Sherlock sure does love Ginger and his daddy. (laughs) Yeah, they're one. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Lana. This is Ida. Good morning. Hope everybody's feeling good. Um, Please pray for my partner, Joe, who's in the hospital right now with Sykesa. And... um, I really appreciate that. And thanks for everybody who's been reading and everybody who's been listening. I'm complete. 
Oh, thank you, Ida. And we'll sure keep Joe in our thoughts and prayers today along with you. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. I thank sure you, will. Ida. Oh, both of you. And love. Oh, good morning, um, Lana. Thank you for um, sharing um, your dog's um, calling for his daddy. And immediately what came to my mind is who is our daddy, who is our father, and that every, every call is a call to love, for love to be itself, that everything is an idea in the mind of God that you, Lana, is an idea, your dog is an idea, that Jude is an idea, Lori, and that we join as ideas in the one-mindedness of God, and that is the truth. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Who's your daddy? (laughs) That's so true. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. And Sandra? (laughs) Yeah. Good morning. Uh, Let me recognize my problems have been solved. And I loved your reference, Lana, that maybe there isn't a problem. Maybe there's nothing wrong here. And um, it reminds me of uh, there are no grievances. Um, And it also reminds me that my highest and best is being served at all times, which is why all my problems have been solved. And in this, the earlier call, we talked about, um, they read a section, uh, there is no loss. And if that, in fact, is true, and all these lessons are from the mind of God, they're not from the egoic mind. So they're all truth, absolute truth. And it's my job to embrace and embody and integrate these truths and and let go of the blocks, which is the egoic mind, which I've embraced instead of God's mind. Um, and it's and so if I embrace God's mind, then I know that there is no loss. So if there's no loss, then how can there be a problem? And there's no loss because my highest and best, your highest and best, is being served at all times. Even though it may look or feel like there's a loss or it looks and feels like there's, there's a problem, there really isn't. So then I got to look at my thinking and see what it is it that I need to shift. What is it that I need to correct? Um, and I do that with the help of Holy Spirit. I can't do that myself. Um, I can if I use the principles that are given to me in these lessons. And yes, absolutely, I can use these to help me solve anything that I think might be a problem. But frequently, um, I'm not seeing the connection, and so I just turn it over to Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit will do it for me, which is such a great gift. I don't have to. I don't have to stress about it. I don't have to beat myself up about it. I just have to remember to turn it over. I'm complete. Beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Oh,
Hi, Susanna. I love, Sandra, that you brought up the fact that um, there is no loss. Um, because I think every fear I've ever had has been based on loss. You know, has been, that's been its foundation, loss of health, loss of money, loss of friend, loss of job, loss of relationship, a loss of your body. I mean, it's, it's, if I look at fear, it's always based on the idea of loss. And I was listening to one of Rupert Spears', Spears um, videos, and he had, it was a beautiful share about, um, a, a man shared about his loss of his wife. And, and though he still feels her in spirit, not having her body there is like having, like um, he's he's lost half of her. He he only has like fifty percent, and um, and Rupert shared that no, no, that's not true. Now she's one with you, and you have a hundred percent of her, because the body really didn't represent her, but now she's one with you, and you actually hold 100% of her. You never lost anything. And I thought that was such a beautiful explanation to um, his dilemma. And he and he said to uh, Rupert, he says, oh, wow, that was like drinking a warm cup of chicken soup. <laughs> I was just such a sweet moment and I could just feel his release from the idea of loss. So when you said that, Sandra, it just brought that memory back. <laughs> so I wanted to share it. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, that is really that beautiful. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lana. Yes, really. Thank you, Lana. So let me take a moment in the silence to acknowledge a couple uh, who have joined us since we began this morning. Uh, welcome. I'm glad you're with us. If you care to announce or say good morning. Well, this is Ida, and you already heard me talk. Um, 
I joined a little while before that, and uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Good morning, Ida. Uh, thank you, Ida. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, and like you, I like these two lessons pulled together, 79 and 80. Um, my only problem is thinking I have a problem. Thank you for that, Lana. And, um, and one thing I've noticed uh, over time, over a long period of time, is that somehow... Um, Without my contriving, uh, I've come to learn that God would never allow a problem to be present without a solution inherent in it. And uh, and when I anchor myself in that truth um, and tell my mind I don't know, um, the answer arrives. However. However, it presents itself. One thing I noticed about that is that um, a miracle, a miracle, a change in my perception of the situation is always now. It's always now, right now, right in this instant when my mind recognizes that the solution is inherent in a problem that I perceive. Um, and I also, Lana, appreciate how much you said it's important to thank Holy Spirit in advance for the answer. And I've discovered that, um, to my great surprise, <laughs> I mean great surprise, and that's the nature of a miracle, that um, when in spite of appearances, I thank and express my gratitude for the solution that I can't see in that moment when I thank and express my gratitude, suddenly uh, the awareness of what I need to be grateful for is with me. Um, probably the most startling uh, experience of that in recent memory for me was uh, the time one of my little dogs, unbeknownst to me, was really, really sick. And we woke up in the night and the little guy was vomiting blood and and having bloody diarrhea, and there was blood all over the place. And I couldn't, um, it's as if in that moment I stood apart from myself and heard myself say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I instantly knew, without a doubt, without a doubt, that there was help for this situation and that it was a blessing uh, in disguise. To me, that's... um, that's just a really excellent operational definition of a miracle that um, help is available for whatever the situation is um, 
<laughs> Another time, oh, this was terrible, and I probably probably <laughs> have shared this before, but um, we were remodeling the house, and they knocked out a fireplace and knocked out the wall, and there behind it was cement block covered with termites and mold, and, and oh. the guy who'd done the knocking out came to get me, and... and you know, I had that moment of cold fear where you feel like you're sinking down to your feet. And at the same moment, I reached for his shoulder and said, I'm so glad you're here. And recognized to my amazement that a problem is never with me in the absence of a solution. And the way to access it always for me is to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's difficult but here's this stubborn ego thing saying it's this it's this it's this and it means that means that means that and when I just take a deep breath and say thank you uh, I experience that clearing of fear uh, that seemed to accompany uh, the situation and, um, and that's that's how I let my mind be taught that a miracle is always now, regardless of how it appears. And um, and also, uh, I want to say that um, another good operational definition of healing is the fact that um, my mind is not split into, I'm, I'm not an ego self and a real self, I'm a self. And the healing of my mind uh, that the miracle induces is why he asks me, it urges me, and, and encourages me, and helps me in every way to strengthen right perception. Um, to see, you know, to see uh, truth behind illusion. Yesterday we read in paragraph 36, and, and this is the essence of it. Uh, in my experience, he says, the ego's goal is as unified as the Holy Spirit. And it is because of this that their goals can never be reconciled in any way or to any extent. The ego always seeks to divide and separate. The Holy Spirit always to unify and heal. As you heal, you are healed because the Holy Spirit sees no order of difficulty in healing. And we're talking about the mind here. Healing is the way to undo the belief in differences, being the only way of perceiving the friendship without disbelief. This perception is therefore in accord with the laws of God, even in a state of mind which is out of accord with His. And here's the thing. The strength of God even in a state of mind which is out of accord with his, this strength of right perception is so great that it brings the mind into accord with his. It pulls my mind back to truth because it yields, my mind yields to his pull, which is in all of you. Remember we read early on about the eternal fixation? Um, the eternal fixation is that that pull toward right-minded thinking, uh, toward the right perception that will reveal a miracle in just any situation because the mind yields. And um, 
That's enough for now. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was great. Thank, Thank you. you. That was wonderful. Thank you. I wanted to um, say for Lana's share that um, it was so beautiful that this man realized that his wife was with him 100%. And I think that on the other side, the wife, when she passed on, realized that he was with her 100%. What a beautiful thing. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. Sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, mm. it's like we said about this idea of oneness. And um, I think we ha- it's because I think, at least for me, the physical senses have no reference to what that is because, you know, we're still walking around in these bodies, we believe, are real. But once the body vacates the premises, then we're left with that oneness, the pure, like right now it's, it could feel like a 50-50, like 50% of me is a body and 50% of me belongs to God. <laughs> but the job of the body is to recognize the pure 100% oneness I have with not only, you know, my loved ones that I know, that I have known and formed, but the oneness of all creation. What what a, a wonder! What I mean, how can I even conceive of what that must be like? You know, to have pure, hundred percent oneness with love. You know, with God. So um, I thought his his response to the grieving man was was spot on too. Thank you. Yes, I know. When my mother died, she had had Alzheimer's for. She was in her middle 50s when she got Alzheimer's, and she had been sick for around 10 years. And when she passed on, I could not believe how vivid the colors were, how the smells were, so vivid. Everything for weeks after she passed on was just amazingly brilliant in my world. And I felt her spirit so much. Thank you. Oh, I understand that. Beautiful. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you. I can even smell my husband's aftershave. Sometimes he's so close to my heart. And um, I just, I just love that. You know, so thank you, Robert. Good morning, Charles. Here. Morning, Charles. Morning, Charles. Morning, Charles. Morning. Um. I've come to a, a realization um, that uh, the only problem that I'm starting to realize is that my belief system that I do believe 
and belief is interfering for me from being aware of what is because my belief is invested in what I think about what is instead of what is. So I'm coming to realize now that uh, yeah, unless I talk about what I believe about and just be aware of what is, and I hear you talking about that when you're aware, uh, it's just, just sensations you're aware of, and it's nothing about a belief. It's just you're just aware. Uh, you're just it's your awareness itself, and uh, the belief steps away, and you're just there. So I'm really understanding that the belief itself, and when beliefs dissolves, and that's why the Course says in the beginning of the lessons, you don't have to believe anything that's written in this workbook. Just have to do them because it doesn't require belief. It requires awareness. And so I'm realizing as I go to Rupert and Muji and all the other ones, that's they're saying the same thing. It's awareness. Uh, let go of your belief. Your belief about anything. Because it only colors your perception and takes you away from pure awareness itself. So this is what I'm coming to realize myself now. And so I'm at that point. Thank you for allowing me to share. Awesome, Charles. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Charles. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. That was really helpful. Yeah, this is Sandra. It seems, Charles, that um, but as I was listening to you, I, I was thinking, I need to get beyond belief and go into an adventure in faith. I'm complete. Boy, isn't that the way trust grows? Thank you, Sandra. Amen, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Charles again here. I was just thinking about, you know, all those uh, commercials. You, you can believe it, you can achieve it. And, and all those uh, hyped up ideas about how one becomes what they believe. And I realize it's just a, a distraction that we use to becoming aware of what is. So. Um, things are coming home to me now, and uh, I appreciate your shares, and, uh, and it's really speaking to my heart, so thank you. Oh, thank you, Charles. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, Charles. Thank you. Jesus, somewhere, this is Anna, somewhere in the Course, he defines per- perception as... Um, or one of the ways that he defines it is, is we'll, we will perceive what we believe and we'll believe what we perceive or what we want, what we want. So it's, it's very circular. 
I'll see what I believe, I'll believe what I see. And it takes that miracle, that shift in perception to free us from that circle of confusion and deception to a state of being, which is what you were saying, Charles, about pure awareness. You know, it's it's like um it's like why I can't define love. It's because love defines me. And in the being of love is how I recognize that I am love. Being has nothing to do with seeking or understanding or solving or fixing. But in the undoing of those beliefs, I get that crystal clear, pristine screen of my mind, which is not contaminated by any thought. That is just, it's free worry. It's, and, and this screen or this pure awareness or this state of being has nothing else but peace. It's not contaminated by anything else. And the more I let go of being love, I mean, the more I let go of all the things I put on top of pure being, the more I forget about it. And and that's why forgiveness, I think, you know, is so key. It's the letting go of what never was, what I came to believe was real. So, and I can't do that. Holy Spirit does that for me. And I have to recognize that, that I just have to be willing to, and sometimes it's asking to be willing to be willing, because some things can really, you know, bring in, you know, a fear is powerful, but knowing that I am love, I'm the, I am the beingness of love, a pure, perfect reflection of God. It's more powerful than anything the ego can make up. And so it's just a remembrance of who I truly am. You know, and um, it's, I can look right through the deceptions. You know, Jesus told me one once, he said, just beyond your greatest fear is the peace of God. His ego will say, run, be very afraid. But Holy Spirit says, just walk through it with me and I'll show you it's not real. And it's just that trust, like you were saying, that trust that enables me to be willing to be willing to walk through anything and and just see it as a mist, like a cloud in front of the blue sky. And remember that I'm always the sky. Pure, perfect, pristine blue sky. And clouds come in front of me, and they pass, they come, they go. Time comes and goes. Everything is passing before me. But I'm always here and now as the sky of awareness, never changing, always pure, always perfect, and always at peace. Oh, I'll shut up now. <laughs> I'll go sleep. Thank you. Oh, that's Thank a spacious you. field, Lana. Thank Beautiful. you so much. I just want to add to that, if I could, because uh, I remember someone was talking about they they could smell someone's shaving lotion. They sort of were aware of the presence of someone because of what came into their awareness, and uh, it's our atmosphere is 
our feelings and uh, our feelings speak more loudly and create our atmosphere than our thoughts and beliefs about our atmosphere sort of cloud the atmosphere and uh, the more we're aware of our feelings and we sort of become aware of those who who are close to us even if they passed over that awareness realizes no they're still here with us I still I'm aware of their presence with me and the awareness becomes more important than what we used to think about them now we're aware of the presence and it becomes much more of a valuable experience that we have with them in the moment rather than trying to remember them as we used to know them so I appreciate those kind of shares when you really feel the presence of those with you regardless and uh, you know sometimes I, I get into loneliness because I have forgotten that I am a feeling being I'm totally in my head and thinking and always trying to believe and change what I believe and I totally lose myself in my thoughts and I totally forget to feel and now I'm starting to become more aware of what the only problem is there's only one problem there's only one solution and uh, I appreciate it thank you Beautiful. Thank you, Charles. That was a lovely job. I need to leave you right now. I I can I need to go in and comfort Sherlock for a little while. You know, maybe that'll calm oh. down. So, thank you for you know. Okay, honey. It's a lovely call. Okay, thank you. Just Give him so a little glad more you're... love. <laughs> okay, sweetie. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye, bye. Hi guys, hi. Love your shares this morning and um, a couple of the more powerful things that are uh, are um, illuminating my mind is the idea of light and light um, being understanding. And the text has um, made it clear to me that um, understanding and light are one and the same, and that understanding is higher than uh, a higher functioning of the mind than perception is. Perception being inherently judgmental through the body's eyes alone, through a personal point of view. And um, the in paragraph 49, um, it makes this this um, this distinction um, about seeing the changelessness in myself and identifying with the changelessness in me, that which is aware, which is the expression that has been used 
today by others that that um, awareness that I know I'm aware and I know I'm thinking and that I know I am perceiving that I know or am aware that I am a body um, that's prior to all that comes up as an expression or manifestation that which can be perceived so that is that changeless place that I know and can experience as myself, that I know I'm the same as I was when I became aware, when I came into this world and has experienced all that I've experienced as a particular person, be it being in different places at different times, didn't change the awareness that I am who I am, that is the certainty that I know as I am in God and one with God, that changelessness. And to see that awareness of that changelessness that is God in everything that this text reading speaks of is to understand it and to appreciate it. And appreciation means to to increase in value and um, to value it is to want to see it. And what I understand, I can identify with. And by making it a part of me, because I'm a part of it, I'm one with it, I've, I, I can accept it and understand it with love. That's in paragraph 49. And in 50, that is how God himself created us in understanding and appreciation and in love. Um <coughs> line that the ego is totally unable to understand this because it doesn't understand what it makes. It doesn't appreciate it, and it doesn't love it. That the mixed and confusing messages <coughs> that we get, get through individual and personal interpretations and think, think, thinking that the truth is different for everyone, you know, that herein comes the, the laws of chaos, that the truth is different and somehow changes from person to person, from time to time, in different situations and different circumstances. And there go the problem. I got a problem with this particular person being me or someone else or a situation, or a place, because it's how the ego judges everything from a personal point of view. But I love this in 51 where Christ tells me, Christ is me, I am myself, and I cannot forget the Father because I am with you, that I am changelessness itself, that I am a constant state of, of happiness and joy and peace. And I can't forget him. And to forget Christ is to forget yourself and him who created you. So if I forget that Christ consciousness, the awareness of I am, that holy, sacred, be still and know I am within me, that is my portal to my Father, to my Creator, to my true self that's always already changelessly 
with me wherever I go. That's heaven going with me wherever I go. And the calm certainty that nothing can touch it, nothing can hurt it, nothing can change it, alter it. To see this mind everywhere. We are of one mind, and that mind is ours. To see this mind everywhere, because only this is everywhere, and in everything, and is everything, because it encompasses all things within itself. Blessed are we who perceive only this, and to perceive only what is, because we perceive only what is true, that is to perceive everything through true perception, through the mind of Christ, which is ours as one, and through the vision of the Holy Spirit, which is seeing through, being aware of the fact that I am in everything, as everything, everywhere, have been, always have been, always am, and always will be. This is the truth in us. And so I'll wrap it with this, that he says in the final part of paragraph 52, this is shared by everyone, all our brothers, and as we see each other truly, we will be healed. And let your mind shine with mine upon everyone's mind, and by our gratitude, all of them and everyone, make them aware of the light, the light in them, the light of understanding that is the Holy Spirit, that is the Christ, that is our joining in truth with each other in every moment of every given day. And the light will shine back on me and on the whole sonship because it's my proper gift to God. This is my acknowledgement of God being one with God and being in everything and every one as I'm looking upon them through the, the light of the vision of the Holy Spirit with the Christ consciousness within me. This is true communion of the Spirit with a capital S who sees the altar of God in everyone as by bringing it to my appreciation calls upon me to love God and his creations. I can appreciate the sonship only as one, only as one. This is part of the law of creation and governs all my thoughts, all my thoughts, all my real and only true thoughts. Only the Christ consciousness mind is real, and everything aside and apart from it is merely thinking apart and separate from God, and it's not real, and shows me only illusion, interpretation, distortion, judgment. It's a dream of judgment. And, it, and it, I, as I think, I perceive, and as I think, the ideas which, which I think do not leave the source, be it the source of the mind of the ego or be it the source of my mind of God, which is only true. The only truth, and you know the the problems <laughs> problems only only occur to the source of the ego mind which thinks of them. God doesn't have a problem with anything. 
It's all God. It's all God being itself, himself. One in love, one in truth, one in purpose, one in meaning, one in motion. What is the same cannot be different, and what is one cannot have separate parts. Ergo, there I go, just strengthening and fortifying with this book. And you all are joining with me in truth. We are all ideas in the mind of God. Amen. I'm complete. Yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. And what are miracles except corrections for misperceptions? And what are grievances except misperceptions or problems? I got a problem. (laughs) Be happy, joyous, and free. That's what I say. That's God's will for me today. I'll stop there. (laughs) Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Now, any further thoughts from anyone who hasn't had an opportunity yet? We'd be so glad to hear from you. Well, this has sure been one of my most favorite readings in the book, in the entire book and workbook. I think I only have like six colored tabs, many bookmarks, but in my book I only have six colored tabs, and this is one of them, because it explains why, um, you know, in the Manual for Teachers, he talks about healing. And he says, the only uh, thing a healer ever need do is accept atonement for himself. And he goes on to clarify what that means for me. He says, having accepted atonement for himself, he has 
also accepted it for his brother. And um, this section explains why that is so. And um, it also explains uh, the horizontal as well as vertical relationship we have with truth. And it's all put in the umbrella of right seeing. Under the umbrella of right seeing, the strength of right seeing is so powerful. It pulls the mind into alignment. It's why, it's why the lesson God is in everything I see because God is in my mind is an essential lesson. Um, it contains the uh, the why and the wherefore of so many of the lessons in our workbook. And it's also the why and the wherefore um, in the Principles of Miracles where he says, To accept atonement for yourself is to share my inability to tolerate lack of love in yourself and others. To share the atonement is to share my inability to tolerate lack of love in yourself or others. So it's why why uh, we're called to listen, learn, and do according to direction puts my foot on the path and when I remember these two lessons together uh, the path does not deviate and um, this section also explains why um, he told us that quantitative changes in perception result in a qualitative shift when my mind is healed I can move out of um, my own personal integration to the fields of creating, that is to say, loving. Um, these paragraphs together form um, my instruction on how this is done through my willingness. Um, I, I love this section because it puts everything into context and in the context of this section I can look in the rearview mirror of my life and see how Holy Spirit has always been working with my mind and um, bringing me to the glad awareness that everything is part of me and I'm a part of everything simply very simply all I need to do is ask for truth, and truth is given to my open mind. The open mind is um, what's left when I unlearn the lessons of the ego and allow Holy Spirit to gently correct me and bring me home. Um, I don't know what else to say about this section except that I love it so much and that it forms a guidebook uh, when I'm confused. I, I have a tab on this page because this section um, scatters my confusion like the dust and brings me back to truth. So.
that these two lessons together uh, stand as a a lamppost <laughs> that reminds me if you've ever read C.S. Lewis, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, the children step through the wardrobe and the first thing they see is a great lamppost. And that's what this section and these two lessons together are like for my mind. They recenter me. Um, and from that quiet center, Holy Spirit's able to reach through me um, and communicate the love of God and to allow that to happen, to allow that to um, happen right where I'm at is, to me, the joy of living. So um, with that, with that, I think I'll just end this recording um, from a place in Chapter 4 that puts it all into context for me. Where he says, I will go with you to the Holy One. And through my perception, he can bridge the little gap. Your gratitude to each other, think of that. Your gratitude to each other is the only gift I want. And I will bring it to God for you. Knowing that to know your brother is to know God. A little knowledge is an all-encompassing thing. If you are grateful to each other, you are grateful to God for what he created through your gratitude. Through your gratitude, you can come to know each other in one moment of real recognition. Makes all men your brothers because they are all of your father. Love does not conquer all things, but it does set all things right. Because you are all, you are all the kingdom of God. I can lead you back to your own creations, which you do not yet know. What has been dissociated is still there. So, this we remember every day we call in and share our hearts with one another. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing we do every morning. I'm so grateful. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone who read and shared and who may listen to this recording in the future.